sure many of you have experienced in life where reality did not quite meet your expectations. Maybe it was the most recent college basketball you gained watched on television. I sure had some high expectations for Illinois men's basketball this year. And it seemed they lacked some consistency. One night my husband Corey had to turn off the TV because he just couldn't watch it. Which was read earlier. I want to break it down just a little bit. 
Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering whip he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teachings, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretched them out, who spread out the earth with all that springs from with it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. This is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into, be into being. I announce them to you. And you'll see in the scriptures, I love how it kind of goes from Isaiah to Matthew to Acts, beginning, middle, and after. Or beginning before, during, and after. Sorry, I that up a little bit. So I think a couple of the very important details are revealed here. First of all, it paints a picture of what God says Jesus the Messiah will do when he is here on earth. God says, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. And second, it uses two images to make a single point to the value of life. God lays out the ministry of Jesus in words that are very confident. He will bring justice. He will bring truth. He will not fail, and he will not be discouraged. So this is a description of a man who will walk on earth to show an example of how to be a servant of the Lord. But not just a man. God is sending a Messiah. Philippians 6, 2-8 describes... Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a ser servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Many places in the Bible also mention that the spirit of the Lord is quiet. We hear whispers. Or a still small voice. Back to Isaiah, here in verse 2, it says, He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. The Lord may knock on your door. He will not shout, break your door down. He wants to be invited into your life. No cleanup necessary. He wants to be your house guest. Second, the imagery used in verse 3 shows the value of life. Um, on this slide, there's one word I need to correct. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. I had to research both of these images as to what their meanings are. A shepherd's flute was made by tapping a smooth branch until the bark split off. If a reed was tapped too hard, it would bruise and be completely worthless. It would be snapped in half and tossed away. Also, in ancient times, a bit of flax was dropped into an olive lamp, which served as a wick. When this flax carbonized, the wick began to smoke. Like a bruised reed, this flax was discarded and worthless and 
all people, God shows no partiality, and he will not be thrown away if you are bruised or broken. And I'll touch a bit more on that later. Let us now jump to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Years after Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary, Jesus began his ministry through baptism. John the Baptist prepared the way for this ministry. If you would please turn to Matthew 3. I'll be looking at 13 through 17. Baptism itself is a public display or a symbol of our commitment to Christ. I feel like it's very similar to the exchange of rings at a wedding ceremony. Baptism alone does not save you. Similar to a ring on your finger does not save your marriage. Both are symbols of your commitment to something. Something wonderful and something you will consistently pursue. Jesus was perfect, so what does baptism mean for him? Matthew 3, 13-17 reads, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. First of all, looking at this passage, let us explore the meaning of baptism for a believer. Baptism is an expression of regret for past sins. It's a recommitment to God. It is the union of a believer with Jesus. It is a symbol of dying to our sins and rising to a new life before God. Let's also revisit the word expectations. What do you think went through the minds of people standing on the shore of the Jordan River? Could you imagine standing there watching baptisms? And here comes Jesus. This is supposed to be the king of all, the chosen one. Watch him walk down to the river. Well, of course he's going to tell John to step aside, right? Certainly he will tell John, okay, I will take over now. I got this. Thanks for everything so far. Here I am, King. Would that possibly have been an expectation for what we would witness? There are the banks of the Jordan River. But no. Jesus says, No, you baptize me. Verse 15 says, Permitted to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is baptized in the river Jordan, a perfect, sinless, righteous, sovereign Lamb of God, participated in the sacred display of dying to sin. A man sent by God to identify with his people, to identify with their needs. To identify with sinners. Jesus getting baptized was an endorsement for John's ministry. This is the beginning of the ministry that will pave the path in the direction of God's relationship with his people. When Jesus asked to be baptized, John seemed surprised. I would be too, wouldn't you? This is not what I would have expected when Jesus walked down the banks of that river. You see, sometimes we get caught up in professionalism. And I know a lot of times that's a word that we should display professionally.
He did not let the idea of self-promotion get in the way of his reason for failure. So what happens next is a confirmation of the Father's mission. In verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This was in Isaiah's prophecy as well. When placing these passages from Isaiah and Matthew side by side, some really neat details are revealed. God said, speaking through Isaiah, I will put my spirit on him. There you go. God told us this would happen. And God is saying, this is what a good and faithful servant looks like. God himself opened the gates of heaven and spoke to us about something of most importance. Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled at that moment. What else did Isaiah say about this man? We can also see in Isaiah how much God values life. Referring back to the bruised reed and the smoking flax, God said a bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. Why is this good news? Because no matter what you have done, no matter your sin, no matter where you are from or who you are, God wants a relationship with you. God did not send his son to earth saying, hey, just go try and save some of them. Maybe just the good ones. No big deal if you're not saving them all. It'll be all right. No, God wants us, any of us, all of us, to make that decision. Led by the example of Jesus to be in a personal relationship with him. God wants us to be grafted into the union with Jesus. God wants us to make a decision to die to sin so that we no longer live in it and also accept his grace. Jesus was sent here to be the ultimate example of a servant. And it began with his baptism. We may say to ourselves, well, what about me? I gossip too much. God would be displeased with how I speak of others. God wants a relationship with you. I can't put down the bottle, and I'm ashamed that I have no self-control. God wants a relationship with you. I constantly have thoughts that I need to hide. God wants a relationship with you. Well, I spent time in prison, and will always have a record following me around. God wants a relationship with you. I have a different view on love and marriage than what the Bible says. God wants a relationship with you. But here's the thing. When we decide to follow Christ as a servant of God, when we make the decision to be baptized and follow Jesus, we have made the decision to die to our sins, and therefore we can no longer live in them. So because we are baptized, grafted to Jesus, one with the Lord, we have surrendered ourselves to the grace of God. We are no longer controlled by our sinful nature. Does this mean that after baptism we will be sinless? Or we will not mess up? No, it does not. We are human. But it does not give us permission to keep sinning. It means that although I am human, I am now one with the body of Christ. And I will, as a servant of the Lord, pursue righteousness. I will pursue goodness. I will follow the example of Jesus. I will learn from my road.
And it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, God can cover you in grace and use you to further his kingdom. It's like what was said in the video before the message. Um, she said, we are part of the body of Christ and we can't do it alone. Jesus is 